The following comes to you through Podbean.com. In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. Here we go. And welcome to In the Artist Realm or Good Afternoon. Happy, happy Tuesday, everyone. I am Sylvia Stein and welcome to the show. Today we're going to continue on Crafting Dynamic Dialogue, the complete guide to speaking, conversing, arguing, and thinking in fiction from the editors of Writer's Digest. The forward is by Cheryl St. John. And today we're going to resume on Chapter 3. We started... Um, it a few weeks back, we uh, started talking about rewriting the rules, dialogue should stay on topic, use dialogue as you would actual speech. We did opt for, uh, opt for said, and I'm going to start with avoid long speeches. I may have done it in the last segment, but I want to go ahead and, and uh, work on that, uh, work on this now. So I'm going to go ahead and start on that. And welcome to the show. But I wanted to say thank you all for the um, immense support of In the Artist Realm here through Podbean.com. And I really do appreciate the downloads. I'm hoping to get some advertising done. Um, and I hope that, uh, you know, uh, I can start, you know, the, the uh, crowdfunding I had tried to do. I haven't had much success yet, but I do do appreciate the downloads. I'm at 2,038 now, I believe, and it's um, it's wonderful to see. I also wanted to give a big shout out and a big thank you to the amazing and talented Chrissy Parker from Devon in the UK, who came Friday and we had our, our one-on-one, a first one-on-one that I hadn't had one in a while. And what a way to start off. Um, with the one-on-ones for In the Artist Realm with an amazing and talented author such as Chrissy Parker and her new book, Wind Across the Nile. If you have not uh, downloaded it or bought it, please do so. It is an amazing story. It's wonderful. I suggest you uh, you know, go and, and look up Wind Across the Nile. It's a historical fiction book. It's amazing. And again, shout out to Chrissy Parker. So I hope you'll download the episode. But for today, we're doing Crafting Dynamic Dialogue, and we're going to resume with that now. So, let's start some music here for this. Let me see. I love GarageBand because I could just play different songs here. So, let's begin on Avoid Long Speeches here in the Artist Realm. Happy, happy Tuesday. Okay. So we'll begin here, and this is, again, as I said, Chapter 3, Rewriting the Rules, and this is by Stephen James. Now, Stephen James is uh, is a national best-selling novelist whose award-winning uh, pulse-pounding thrillers continue to gain wide critical acclaim and a growing fan base. 
according to Suspense Magazine, who named Stephen's book The Bishop, their book of the year. So we're going to start with that, and we're going to go with Avoid Long Speeches. Sometimes allowing a character to have her say reveals more about her than forcing her to speak in sound bites ever could. In this excerpt, excerpt, sorry, from my novel The Pawn, it says here, a teenage girl is speaking with her stepfather after her mother's death in New York City. So, and we may have done it in the last segment, but because I haven't talked to you guys in a few weeks with the with uh in this for this segment, I'm going to go ahead and begin there. Why didn't you ask me if I wanted to move to Denver? What do you mean? After mom died, we just picked up and moved. Why didn't you ask me if I wanted to move? Well, I just thought I might it might be best for both of us to get some space and for both of us, yes. And how did you come to know what would be best for me? Tessa, I, we're supposed to be a family. Families make choices together about what's best for everyone, not just the one in charge. Listen, I, you took me away from all my friends. My mom dies and you make me leave everyone I know and move across the country and all I ever wanted was a family like sorry excuse me a family like Sharice has a mom and a dad and when mom met you I thought maybe it would happen just maybe I'd finally have someone to teach me the things dads are supposed to teach their daughters I don't know like about life or guys or whatever and maybe come to my volleyball games and make me do my homework when I don't want to and tell me I'm pretty sometimes and give me a hard time about my boyfriends and take a picture of me in my prom dress and then stand by my side one day when I get married. I never knew. You never asked. So that's an intense scene there. And he says, he continues by saying, the girl's run-on response does more to show her attitude and personality than a back-and-forth exchange would. It also reveals characterization, express desire, expresses desire, and provides escalation. Incidentally, notice how the dashes are used when a character is cut off and ellipses when the girl's thoughts trail off. Dashes and ellipses are not interchangeable. When deciding whether to let a character launch into a, a diatribe, consider if she's trying to get her say in before anyone else can interrupt. Also take into account the building of tension that precedes the speech, like a garden hose. The more pressure, the more dramatic the release. And uh, that was a segment on Avoid Long Speeches, and this is on Chapter 3 of Crafting Dynamic Dialogue, The Complete Guide to Speaking, Conversing, Arguing, and Thinking in Fiction. Okay, That was Avoid Long Speeches. Now we're going to move on to Be Grammatically Correct. And for that one, we're going to use Buddy on garage band be grammatically correct
Be grammatically correct. Always be willing to break conventions when it's in the service of the story and the reader. Kyle spoke before Daniel could. So you could tell, so you told your dad, I mean, about the visions and everything. Although some editors might want to replace the colon in this example with a period, the primary issue should be how the punctuation affects the flow rather than how closely it follows a style book. Because the urgency of the scene has Kyle speaking quickly before Daniel has a chance to reply. A full stop would undermine that. A colon serves to better convey the scene's uninterrupted pace. Notice also in the above example that question marks indicate an upward inflection at the end of a sentence, not necessarily a question. So your primary concern isn't always, is this a question, but do I want this to sound like a question? In dialogue, sentence fragments sound more realistic to readers than complete sentences do. Cut semicolons from dialogue if you find them. It's usually because you're trying to include complex sentences that wouldn't sound natural if they weren't if they were spoken aloud. Choose commas and periods instead. So that's what he says about be grammatically correct. So so far we've done avoid long speeches and now be grammatically correct. So now we're going to do show what the characters are doing while they're talking. Okay. And we're going to play a song. More orche orchestral. Okay. So show what the characters are doing while they are talking. This is not easy to do. Too often, this results in on the nose in on the nose writing and an overemphasis on the miniature miniature sorry miniature sorry of body language. If you find your characters brushing his nose or repositioning re, re sorry his chair or crossing his legs and so forth for no other reason than to provide a respite from the dialogue, recast the scene. In other words, do it over. Just as dialogue should reveal the intention of the characters, so should the actions that they take while they're speaking. When we read that a character folded his arms, we'll naturally, we'll, we'll, we'll naturally wonder why he's doing that. What is, what is meant to convey, what is meant what is it, sorry, meant to convey about his attitude or emotional response to what's happening? Don't confuse your readers by inserting needless movement. Rather include action only as long as it adds to the scene or enriches it. If the action doesn't convey anything essential, drop it. So that's what he says about show what the characters are doing while they're talking. Okay. <laughs> Okay, 
Now we're going to go on to keep character speech consistent. And I do apologize for the um, for a stumbling on some of the words. So I do apologize on that. My goodness. Okay. Uh, let's go move on to keep characters speech consistent. Okay. Keep character speech consistent. I used to agree with this until one day I overheard a, a man in his late 20s t talking on his cell phone in a hotel lobby. After a moment or two, it became clear that he was a lawyer and was speaking with a client. He was articulate, spoke in complex sentences, and sounded well-versed in legal terminology. A few moments later, he received a call that was obviously from an old college buddy. Suddenly, his entire demeanor changed. He was joking around and talking more like a frat brother than a law school grad. If those two conversations appeared in a book, they would sound as if they came from two entirely different characters. That man's history with those people affected his tone, word choice, grammar, sentence structure, use of idioms, everything. Even his posture changed. Dialogue needs to be honest for each character in that situation. Don't try to make your characters consistent in the sense of always sounding the same, but rather allow them to remain in character within each unique social context. So if a character is highly educated and every time she speaks she's using impressive words, it'll get old. She'll seem one-dimensional. And he gives another example. Or if... She's from the South, and you have her saying you all, y'all all the time, she'll become cliched. Few people are always blunt, always angry, always helpful. We speak differently in different situations. Moods, goals, states of mind uh, fluctuate. This ties in with character believability. Remember status, context, intention. Give characters a goal, a history with an attitude toward the other. To, toward the other people in the conversation and always strive for honest, believable responses rather than canned ones. Uh, he gives an example, telling dialogue. Say more by saying less. Use dialogue to reveal traits, bring out subtext and escalate conflict. We could, uh, he gives an example, we could get in big trouble for this. Why? We haven't broken any laws. In this two-line exchange, not only have we introduced underlying tension, but we're told readers, but we've told readers a lot about each character. The first speaker is hesitant, apprehensive, a rule keeper. The second is more brash, adventurous, more of a risk taker. Look for ways to evoke and reveal. Hint: disagreement can be much more revelatory than agreement so that's what Stephen James says in his chapter 3 uh, and he covers rewriting the rules now this has been a very excellent chapter I really I have been enjoying from how we started on we started with chapter 1 the purpose of what dialogue is by Gloria Kemp oh no actually that was sorry it was he said she said by Jack Smith 
Then chapter 2 was by uh, author Gloria Kempton, The Purpose of Dialogue. And now we've just done chapter 3, Rewriting the Rules, by author and novelist, best-selling novelist, Stephen James. Now, we do have some exercises from chapter 2 that we're going to be covering in the next show that we do. I know I keep bringing it up, but I do want to give a few examples of those exercises that Gloria Kempton placed in in that especially that chapter that she covered and I want to uh, be able to discuss it with you guys so I will be having another show hopefully later this week um, so that I can go ahead and do the exercises on chapter two and then the new show hopefully the following week I can start on chapter four of crafting dynamic dialogue the complete guide to speaking conversing arguing and thinking in fiction and I want to say it's been awesome to be able to do my podcast. My children just started back at school. I'm uh I'm doing I I also work at the school. I substitute and I do different su- uh substitute jobs, but um I am planning to go back later this week and then I'm also tutoring, so I always have a busy schedule, but I enjoy working on in the artist realm with Sylvia Stein. Um, and this show through Podbean. I really enjoy doing the podcast with you guys, and I really appreciate all the support that you've shown me. And I hope you continue to tune in to In the Artist Realm. We're also on Spotify. If you want to download on Spotify, that would be amazing. And also on iTunes and uh, Google Play and, of course, uh, podbean.com. And be sure to download the episodes. And uh, Radio Public, I believe, is another one. And I hope you continue to support in the artist realm. This has been a very fascinating show. I know it was short, but I wanted to go ahead and finish up chapter three and then start off on hopefully the exercises of chapter two and resume back into chapter four. And I hope to have more interviews, one-on-ones with artists, uh, whether it be authors, um, uh, fiber artists, uh, tattoo artists, uh, musicians, and I hope to have more or more of that uh, happening in the near future and speak also about my manuscript and my new books coming up as an author as well. So I will keep you all posted. I hope you're having an amazing Tuesday. Have a blessed day and thank you for joining me here on In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein here through Podbean. Have a great one and we'll see you all later. This was In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. Happy, happy Tuesday. We'll see you all uh, on, uh, later this week, but, uh, for sure next week, but thank you for joining us here on in the artist realm. And this was crafting dynamic dialogue, the complete guide to speaking, conversing, arguing, and thinking in fiction from the editors of writer's digest and chapter three by novelist, best-selling novelist, Stephen James. And we'll see you all later. This was in the artist realm. Hope everyone has a happy, happy Tuesday. Join us again. This was In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. Join us again.